Hey, history lovers, I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past rediscovered. In these last few days of Women's History Month, we're going out with a bang. We're sharing the stories of forgotten women from the past who made amazing contributions to their countries during wartime. Today, we're going behind enemy lines. In the early 1860s, at the height of the Civil War, Confederate President Jefferson Davis suspected a mole somewhere close to him was leaking information. His army was struggling against the Union, which was getting mysteriously better and better at predicting his moves. Davis was right. There was indeed a mole, a servant at the Confederate White House in Richmond, a freed slave with a photographic memory who, in addition to caring for his wife's dresses, slipped the North valuable secrets from Davis's own desk. Her name was Mary Bowser. Her story is one of the great but infrequently told spy tales in American history. A shame, say those who have written about her and other brave women who helped take down the Confederate Army, including Elizabeth Van Loo, who ran Bowser's spy operation. I remember studying the Civil War in, in high school and a, a bit in college and never had read anything about women's roles in the Civil War. Um, and it was it's sort of a travesty to me that Elizabeth Van Loo and Mary Jane Bowser aren't household names like uh, you know Stonewall Jackson or Robert E. Lee or Ulysses S. Grant. And uh, you know I just I just think that people should be aware of who they are and what they did. That's Karen Abbott, whose best-selling book. Liar, temptress, soldier, spy, tells the story of the daring intelligence operation that infiltrated the highest levels of the Confederate government. How Bowser became a spy is a story so good that it almost defies belief. As University of Virginia historian Elizabeth Varon put it, This is a humdinger of a tale. Varon was speaking on a panel discussion that aired on C-SPAN in 2013. A decade earlier, Varon published Southern Lady, Yankee Spy, which is primarily a biography of Elizabeth L. Van Loo, a well-known Richmond Society figure and daughter of prominent slave owners. Van Loo abhorred slavery, and when the war broke out, she decided to do something about it. Van Loo stayed in the family mansion with her mother during the war. From there, she ran a spy ring known as the Richmond Underground. The information her spies provided to General Ulysses S. Grant, especially during the Siege of Richmond, was gold. Here's Varon again. Van Loo has agents. It's not fancy spy tradecraft. She has guys with hollowed out soles of their shoes and messages in them and, and empty eggshells and so on, beating a, a, a trail to City Point on the James, where Grant is headquartered, bringing him information about troop movements back and forth between an eastern front here and the valley, and more important for him, information about Confederate morale in the city. One of those spies was Bowser. She was born around 1840 to parents who were enslaved by Van Loo's family. The Van Loo's had conflicted feelings about slavery, though. Elizabeth sent Bowser North to be educated during her teenage years. Later, she did missionary work in Liberia. When Bowser returned to Richmond, she was arrested. It was illegal to return to a slave state after living in a free one. 
Van Lu bailed her out. Abbott said Van Lu brought Bowser into her spy network, helping her get a job as a servant at the Confederate White House. Nobody suspected a woman, much less a black woman, would be a spy. When women were spying at this time period, um, you know, they were either above suspicion or below suspicion. It would so beneath the woman to conduct herself in this sort of surreptitious fashion. They didn't think she was paying attention or picking any of it up or listening or remembering or, or could do anything with it at all. Bowser's spy tradecraft was simple, Abbott said. A family friend of the Van Loos worked for a seamstress near the Confederate White House. Bowser brought the First Lady's dresses there not just when they needed work, but also to send important messages to Van Lu. The dresses, they held the messages. Bowser sewed them inside. This was perilous work, especially for Bowser, who likely would have been executed if she were caught. But she was too good to be caught. As for Van Lu, the Confederates began closing in on her in 1864. But by then, the war for Virginia and the South was pretty much lost. When Grant's army rolled into Richmond in 1865, Van Lu wrote this in her journal. O oh, army of my country, how glorious was your welcome. Grant was so pleased with Van Lu's work that he awarded her an official job, postmaster of Richmond. And Bowser? She moved to Georgia to become a teacher. She spent the rest of her life traveling down south and up north, telling stories about her time as a spy. Varen, the UVA professor, said Bowser was still on a mission. This is a woman who goes off to teach in the deep south after the war, who goes up to New York to start to tell this story again for a purpose, for the purpose of saying, we need our rights to be protected. We're still vulnerable. The work's not done yet. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. For more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod. If you're looking for a smoking gun, I can absolutely guarantee you, you will not find it. In October 2001, a series of letters filled with a deadly powder called anthrax were dropped into the U.S. mail system. What started as an unprecedented case turned into an unsettling mystery. Who sent these deadly letters? And why? From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, I'm Josh Dean, and this is Cover Up Season 4, The Anthrax Threat. Available now.